You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross Vogel, your host and team performance pro. I have a really fun guest today and we are talking all things women in leadership. I'm really looking forward to it. Her name is Claudia Miller and she is a sought after career coach for women in tech. And she's helped her clients land fulfilling jobs in less than 90 days. She also partners with companies and organizations in identifying rising stars within their organizations and providing strategy, insights, and support in developing a leadership and talent pipeline with a focus on women and women of color. Due to her efforts, she's worked with top Fortune 500 clients and has partnered with World Business Chicago in developing a workforce development strategy in coordination with the city of Chicago's efforts efforts in decreasing unemployment rates for persons of color. She's also the creator and host of Roadmap to the Executive Suite podcast. Due to her client success, she's been featured multiple times in Forbes, MSNBC, Thrive Global, and Business Insider. Put her in their top global list of top innovative career coaches. Wow, Claudia, welcome. Thanks, Kirsten. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I don't know how you have time to be here. <laughs> you got a <laughs> lot going on. Um, and I have to say quickly, I have two sons who are living in Chicago. So um, I'm assuming you're in Chicago or you just happen to be working with Chicago. So I've been living in Chicago pretty much my whole life. I just recently moved from North Carolina about seven months ago. But I still go back to Chicago since a lot of our friends and family are there. So I use, I still frequent Chicago. I was actually just there two weeks ago. So, okay, um, great. Well, part of my heart is there. So <laughs> in here. <laughs> well, so I'm really looking forward to um, hearing more about your work. Um, it's such important work. So tell me the work and the impact that you're making in the world. Yeah, one of the things that I find very helpful and kind of part of my mission overall is helping more women move into leadership roles. And it's crazy. We know it in the workplace, but when we look at the stats and data behind it, it kind of provides that clarity. So for example, um, usually there's a 75% drop when it comes to women in leadership roles. So McKinsey actually does a research every year and it's called Women in the Workplace. And the most recent is from 2021, where it says that men and women get hired at same rates, especially when it comes to entry-level role. But when it comes to promotion, for every 100 men that get promoted, only 86 women get promoted, thus creating a discrepancy. And then you'll see a 75% drop when it comes to women moving into senior leadership roles. So of course, when looking at this data, you know, it kind of is my mission. I work with women in tech, but primarily I try to focus on how can we close this gap? How can we get more women into these senior leadership roles that, you know, women, they looked at stats, women, we have more bachelor's, master's and doctoral degrees in comparison to our male counterparts, but yet we're not being seen and put into positions of leadership. So my goal is really to drive more women into the leadership seat while getting paid um, what the marketplace 
pays for those types of roles as well. Yes, both important. I know that gender gap is still uh, alive and well uh, in compensation. And so I'm a little bit older. Um, And so I think back to, so I don't want to go into the realm of um, stereotyping, but we still do live in a world where a woman is more likely to have a bit of time off when a family you know, gross. So when there are children involved, women might take time off during that period. Is part of your work or part of what you're doing, um, trying to help avoid either stereotypes and, or having a negative impact on people who prioritize family in any way, shape or form? Well, a little bit of both. Um, a lot of my clients, um, they want to move continue. They're very ambitious, career driven. They want to continue moving up in their careers. Um, some of them do have young kids like at home, while some of my other clients kind of already are more in like they have older children or they're already off to college. Uh, but at the end, um, one of the things that I always make sure is we make sure we find the right job that fits your lifestyle. So one of the things is to make sure whether they have kids or not is well, if kids are important or family overall is just very important to you, how can we still move you into a leadership role at a great company that values the same things you do? So there are companies out there that understand that, you know, you might have children at home. Maybe they allow you to work remotely. Maybe they don't anticipate or expect you to work the nine to five. Maybe it looks more like seven to two. And then it's like from seven to 11. So a little bit more of that flexibility coming forth, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that like, at least my clients, they're providing still the value. They're still doing the work. It just looks a little bit different as opposed to the nine to five, um, independent their types of positions. So making sure that we find the right company that, uh, like I mentioned, is very aligned with the values, but also what I've least seen is they already have at least a woman in part of their leadership team or committee where all of a sudden that's kind of like a good sign, like, Hey, this company is moving towards there. There's already a woman in that, you know, leadership seat. And not only that, um, this might be a good pulse or a good reflection of what the company values are. So I'm not just saying every, just because there's a woman in a leadership position, they're really good when it comes to that, but that's a really good indicator. And I have my clients really dig deep to make sure like, is this company the right fit for you where you are currently in your career? That's great. And it's so important. I mean, it's always important to, you know, understand. It's funny. I was just on a call with someone else before we started this interview and someone in the UK and was talking about a a negative job experience that she had recently had. And so I talked about like in her next you know, job search to absolutely like you need to be interviewing back, like looking for a win-win. And so make sure like think of the things that are important to you in terms of that culture. I mean, not even just, you know, respect you as a woman, but just overall, how do they appreciate and acknowledge, you know, high performing people in the organization and how much autonomy they provide and all of those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely figure that out. Um, It is an important part of the equation um, in looking for a job for sure. And we're, well, especially in the United States right now, I mean, this is a job seeker market. It's a tight labor market. And so, yeah, definitely factor in that culture. Yeah. And even though I know we've heard already like, Hey, there's a recession coming up. When you position yourself, a top sought after candidate, it doesn't matter what the market is. There's always look, they're always looking for top sought after candidates, like top performers. So when you learn how to position and be able to sell yourself, and it's not like anything deceiving, a lot of us have market differentiators, have achievements and accolades, but very few of us know how to 
sell that, know how to uh, brand it, bring it across the resume, the cover letter, through the interview process, because we're so blindsided sometimes when we have our blind spots and we think, oh, this is totally normal. I'm sure all other directors and senior directors are doing the same thing that I'm doing. But as an outsider, I can tell them, actually, you're doing the job of two to three people. And because you have this specific, you know, background of experience or this specific degree, that actually is your market differentiator, which will help you stand out from the competition. And that's what the value is to these companies that you're interviewing with. So how can we extract that, position you as an expert, and then it doesn't matter what the, how the market is performing because they're always looking for top candidates and making sure that you're positioned in the right way that allows you to be be seen as a top candidate. Oh, that is so important. I love that you're helping people find their differentiators. I mean, I think we hear that terminology so often in our businesses, you know, like as a marketing offering, but, um, but rarely do people speak in those terms around people and man, a job interview, when you're seeking out a new position, that is the time to toot your own horn. And so one identifying those key differentiators that are aligned with what the business is looking for in the position and two, the mindset that can come with the confidence to really showcase those experiences and skills, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think too often people feel like, oh, I don't want to show off or, you know, be prideful, but that is the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. I actually, I mean, I used to do resume writing back then and I have yet to come across a resume where someone I'm reading and I'm like, wow, this person's really full of themselves. Like they are just like at this point, just showing off. I have yet to come across such a resume and it's usually they don't show enough very people, yes. like a lot of people, when they write resumes, it's very surface level, manages projects, oversees a team um, and manages operating expenses. And it's very surface level. It never digs deep into what are your achievements? So what? So you manage a team, but what does that mean? I mean, are you just managing them and are you maintaining status quo? And are they, are you even managing them correctly? Or if you're managing projects, are they even successful? Are they on time? Are they within budget? Do they meet the objective that was part of the scope or did you entirely fail? Just because you manage a project doesn't mean you manage it well or really good or bad. So you want to make sure you become clear on what that is. And like one of the exercises I have my clients do is make a list of your top achievements, what you're most proud of and try to include as much metrics as possible. How long did it take? How much did it cost? Did you save on money? Did you save on productivity? Did your um, talent become more skilled and now they're able to solve more complex problems. Tell me a little bit more than just manage a team. Cause that to me is not enough. And especially when, you know, on average for every job position you see out there, there's 250 applicants, meaning you're competing with at least 249 other people. When you're not saying, you know, how you're doing it and you're just saying you're managing, that's when you get put in that pile of resumes where no one gets seen, you never get the interviews, you never hear back, get the automatic rejections because you're not painting that picture. You're not standing out from the competition. And the way to do it is, leading with your achievements and what your efforts lead to or what they result in. Yes. Those outcomes. Yeah. As uh, yeah, don't put managing a team. I mean, when you were my, the visual that came through my mind um, and I interview people, so this is not a good thing was I'm like, I'm like picturing a bunch of like lackadaisical team members walking around with their hands in their pockets. That's not the visual you want when you're trying to get a new job. So don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so important. And you don't have a lot of time. I mean, people that are looking at that many resumes, they're not, you know, they're looking for the big like words that are popping and outcomes that are, um, you know, 
uh, putting you at the, at the front of the field. So yeah, that's all really important work to do. You don't have a lot of time to grab someone's attention for sure. On average, um, they spend anywhere between six to eight seconds reviewing your resume to decide whether they want to continue reading it and move forward or moving you to the next inter or moving you um, to the interview round. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you too, what kind of resume format um, do you recommend in this day and age? I have a favorite, but I'm curious what yours is. Um, if it's traditional, let's just say you're moving to the next step in your career and it's very um, aligned with what you've been doing. Um, I always like to put the summary objective at the top because that's where we're going to connect the dots, especially let's just say if you're moving from manager of software engineers and you're moving to a director position, if they see manager, they kind of already see you as a manager. But if you start with objective of, Hey, I've overseen a software engineering team for the past 10, 15 years. And I've worked with both the finance, like FinTech, healthcare, and manufacturing within the tech industries for companies with up to $5 billion in annual revenue. And now I'm looking to leverage my experience or expertise for a director level position. Well, I'm already connecting the dots and now I'm seeing you as a director. But if you go in with like experience and you're currently manager, it's hard to break through where if I come across a resume that says director, well, then I'm going to probably give that person upper hand because I'm visualizing them as a director and I'm only seeing you as a manager. So by adding the objective and summary, you get to position yourself maybe as a software engineer engineering leader, and then that you've had over 10, 15 years of management experience. And now you're looking to leverage the experience for a director level position. So now you're positioning yourself as a director, as opposed to a manager. So like, that's what I like to lead with. Um, so the summary, then the experience, then education. If you've already been in the industry for now more than two years, put the education at the bottom and then after at the end towards skill section. So that's more for like the ATS to pick it up. All these like keywords, maybe vendors or systems that you've used or tools that can be put towards the bottom. That's awesome advice. And I can tell that you're very good at helping them <laughs> with these <laughs> resumes just from the, the tweaks that you're giving. So I was, I love a functional resume where they really, you know, you're not having to hand peck through or you like peck and find key responsibilities per job, but like categorizing them by main you know, topics and then, you know, and then you can move them around based on or pull things off if it's, you know, for different jobs. How do you feel just out of curiosity? How do you feel about that type of resume? So I, and I think there's just so many names out there. Um, for yeah. me, like that sounds to me like a skills based resume, or at least that's what I yeah. like to call it. Mm -hmm. And that I think it's even more successful. What I've seen really great success is for one clients that are entry level and maybe they have internships, maybe coursework, or I've used this for people that have non-traditional backgrounds. Maybe they used to be a teacher and now they want to go into sales or from for stay at home moms or persons that, you know, people that just haven't been in the workplace for a while, for whatever reason, and now they want to jump back into the workforce. That's when I like to use a skills-based resume. Again, leading with the summary objective of like, mm -hmm. yes, I, I want to leverage my experience you know, for this. And now I want to do X, Y, and Z. And then leading with the top sought after skills. So maybe if it's learning and development position, and they used to be a teacher, well, they're really good at creating curriculum. They're really good at probably project management. And the other one might be something like maybe customer engagement. Whereas, you know, maybe it used to be student engagement, but now for this purpose, we're going to use customer or client engagement as the top three. And then we break it down on those three categories and bring back like their experience, coursework, volunteer work that they've done in order to hit those three sought after um, skills that they're looking for. Nice. So transferable skills that come from maybe non-traditional. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Means. Mm -hmm. Cool. And we um, remove a lot of that industry that may be very particular to that niche. 
So that way we make it more across the board and not just, you know, instead of students, we call them clients or customers or participants in order to remove the teacher verbiage and make it more um, common across, you know, the new industry. If you're going to like a technology or consulting company, you know, as you were talking, I just remembered that when, when you and I first connected, I actually sent a client to you. I don't know if she ended up going, but she's, she is an IT executive looking to up her game. So we'll have to talk about that after the fact, yeah, but I'm going to circle back with her and make sure that she actually reached out because it's been a bit, but anyway, well, so tell me what experiences have most motivated you to make this uh, unique impact in the world? So overall, like my mission is to help women lead fulfilling lives while earning more. And really what that stemmed from is like, I'm, you know, I was born in Guatemala and I came here. So I'm the first one in my family to graduate you know, pretty much grammar school, let alone high school or bachelor's degree or getting a master's degree. So I really had to pave my way. I felt almost alone um, because I didn't have anyone to lean to. I didn't have a network. I didn't have my parents, like even just filling out college applications. I had to figure that out on my own. So it's really like more of kind of my background. And it's like, how can I help the younger version of me or those other women that do not have someone to get access to? How do you get a very high paying job, especially as a woman and getting paid fair market rates and not getting that 50, 60, 70, 80 cents on the dollar. Like how can we get jobs that we deserve are well qualified for at still at market rate, and then be able to accelerate in our careers. And I feel that at least when I went, I, like I said, I went all the way to my master's degree and I didn't learn anything I learned. I know now from my education. So I feel like our education system overall doesn't give us the tools necessary to be successful in our careers. That really has to be done on your own, your own time, your own investment, your own resources. And, you know, now I do this day in and day out. Most people don't have time to do this day in and day out while still having a job, while still managing, you know, their family, while still having a life on top of that. So my, you know, what I'm doing now with my business really stems from my upbringing. Um, where I had to show my sisters, here's how you apply for a college. Here's how you get a job. Here's how you stand out. Here's how you negotiate a salary. Here's how you do career planning. Here's how you identify how long you need to stay a job for and when it's time to move on. So really it's stemming from like, I feel like there's such a huge gap happening, especially with a woman's perspective. What if you're trying to conceive? How do you you know map out your career when it comes to that? Maybe you want to be a stay-at-home mom, but you don't want to you know have to start from scratch. How can you just jump back where you left off? So a lot of this, I feel like it's missing and it's just currently not in the marketplace at this moment. And that's where I'm like, I know there's a need. I provide the tools and resources. And let me give you more of that uh, woman or female perspective to say like, Hey, here's how we can start thinking about careers. If you're trying to conceive or you're currently pregnant and how we can make sure that you keep accelerating in your career overall. That's great. Um, full disclosure years ago, I started a website to help women find professional, flexible work. I was, I was a little bit too early, <laughs> kind of like before <laughs> the time. <laughs> So I love that you're taking the torch and um, doing those, you know, taking the next steps to help help women uh, really excel in their careers and yeah, be all they can be. So, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I was helping them create good job share partner matches and um, awesome. was providing, um, we called it teleworking back then instead of uh-huh. <laughs> work from <laughs> home. But, uh, but um, you know, so policies for that and, um, and a job board with 
with all kinds of professional flexible work. But anyway, that was way, way, way a long time ago. But um, but I get so excited. Yeah, I mean, I was well, you know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back, you know. But again, it was funny because I was um uh yeah. So much of this was just a complete. uh, I mean, complete unknown. I mean, even the culture was so so different back then. I mean, we were required to wear nylons back then and skirts and things like that. (laughs) Now you can be in your pajamas with like (laughs) off camera while you're working from home. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, so I am so excited about the work that you're doing. So talk to me about a current internal or external challenge that's currently standing in the way for you making your bigger, bolder impact. And let's create some strategies because listeners can benefit, you can benefit and those you serve can benefit. So tell me something that's standing in your way right now. Yeah. So kind of like how I brought it up, I'm not managing my career, but I'm managing a business. So I'm currently pregnant. So now it's, you know, how can I, take three to four months off for maternity leave in my business? What systems do I need to create in order to still be able to help people without impacting the quality and the value, but still allow me to have time to spend with my family, which that's one of the biggest reasons why I started my business too, is I value family a lot. So how can I create a business that aligns with my values? And yet, like I said, still be able to provide that value um, to my clients as well and being able to help them within their careers. Yeah. And do you want a solid three months off totally, or do you want to just work sparingly during a three months off? So right now it's, um, I do have like a a BA, um, currently looking for someone to uh, manage right now the program when the three months that I'm out. So I'm actually having in conversations right now with like a top recruiter at a fortune 10 company where she, she has really great background, um, achievement, accolades. So she will be taking my place when it comes to like group coaching or doing those mock interview sessions with my clients or mock side negotiation sessions. Cause she is a recruiter right now and she works at a really top side after company, but it's more of like the systems and administration behind it. So, you know, like, so how let can- me, yeah, let me ask what your business, like how much of it is online right now? Do you have a lot of resources for people to use that are kind of self-serve where they can get a lot of information and then you tie that in with group coaching? So I have like a, um, a course. So it's already like okay. they get access to it. All the content is in there, you know, everything like it has tutorials, worksheets, everything to set them for success. Now they can upgrade for group coaching. And that's where we have bi-weekly group coaching calls. And then um, they get a mock interview session and a mock style negotiation session. So I have already like my person that I want to be taking care of those calls. And then there's more like a VIP elite where you get more one-on-one help. And again, I feel comfortable. It's more of like, you know, when, you know, when clients come to me, we'll get on a call and I'll say like, Hey, what are you currently what are you looking to achieve? Why isn't it happening now? How long have you been job searching? And then I can really know like, okay, here's what you're doing wrong, or here's why it's not working. Here's what you need to do differently. And here are some things you need to start watching out for just because of what today's marketplace looks like. So it's more like replacing me and having those conversations and making sure that are these the right, you know, is the person the right person for our program? And can we help them? And if not, are there resources we can refer? them to. So it's more of like having those career strategy calls with my clients and then showing them how it can, it can help them with their job search and in their careers. So what I'm hearing in the questions that you ask, at least for the, you know, the window of time that you want to be off and congratulations, by the way, that's so exciting. (laughs) Um, I think you could turn that into a questionnaire that that Ooh. digitally guides them in different directions based on how they're answering those questions. You know, if, if they're answering in a way that it's like, they're not even a fit for the online 
course, um, maybe they can just get added to an email list where they get periodic. I mean, you still want to stay attached to them. Um, you know, they found you, you found them. Um, so still collect them in, in an email list. But um, so in case they become more right at some point, um, they're at least getting little bits of wisdom from you along the way. If they're more um, aligned with and ready for the course. Now, I don't know if you're like, are these conversations, are you inviting people into the course at that point? Or do you have other people or just digital ways that they end up in your course? I usually have the conversation with them. And if I think like, Hey, that's a good fit. I'm like, well, here's kind of like the a sales page where it tells them a little bit more about the program, what's included testimonials. And if they're interested, yep. they submit payment and they immediately get access to it. So, yeah. So really you're putting yourself in the funnel. So, um, yeah, you're gonna, it sounds like either you need some kind of, um, you know, social selling kinds of people that can replace you in that spot. And I don't how are they coming to you when you're having those conversations? We do outbound. So it could be like, we find a lot of our clients through LinkedIn or referrals uh -huh. or from like past clients, or they hear me on podcasts. <laughs> right. Okay. And so then they're scheduling um, a time with you um, having that conversation, you're doing the evaluation. And then um, if they're not a fit, where do they go right now? They either go to an email list. We also have like oh, a okay. Slack channel where we put resources um, that might be able to help them in the between, yeah. or they can continue following me on LinkedIn where again, mm -hmm. I share a lot of like free resources um, that might be useful to them. So, um, all right. So yeah, social selling, uh, you could get some social sellers or a social seller who just replaces your time um, or make it all digital. But if you still want that personal touch, which is important, mm -hmm. I would do the social selling from LinkedIn, have the social seller invite the, the time they can do that same evaluation. Uh, you will have already taught them key indicators that point them in one direction or another, you already have the pieces available. And so they'll just be making the evaluation rather than you of, of which direction they go and which invitation they get. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think that yeah. uh, might be the strategy more of like having someone do the social selling and doing the mm -hmm. evaluation. Which really smart business move anyway, you know, even if you weren't pregnant <laughs> about to take some time off to have those social sellers really engaging more with people. Cause a lot of that, um, evaluative process can even happen in the messaging in, in LinkedIn or whatever social media, you know, tool you're using. I know it's mostly LinkedIn, but you know, so they can be asking the questions that you're asking now, but you know, messaging about it with always like, Hey, if you want to grab some time, we can do that. But that evaluative process can even happen in the DM. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely do that. I think, yeah, that's even after I come back from maternity leave, I already want to have the system in place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that way, exactly. Yeah. I can yes. continue to scale and provide more um, different offerings that I know my clients have been asking, but right now I haven't been able to do so because I'm currently the one doing the evaluations and having these one-on-one -on -one conversations. Yes. And I bet anything. Yeah. The, again, or there might even be some ways to gather some of this information, like a little quiz, like their readiness quiz, you know, whatever you call it, um, that even the quiz, the outcomes from the quiz could kind of send the digital invitation to, to the email list to follow, continue following you on LinkedIn or to the course, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yay. Thank you so much, Kirsten. I Yay. appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, that was fun. So what words of wisdom do you have for others who are working to make their own impact in the world? Wow. <laughs> Well, one, one quote that I love to live by is um, do what others won't to achieve what others can't. So it's always finding like, what are, you know, if you're willing, if you're looking to make an impact, whether it's in your career or business, what are other providers doing and what are they not willing to do to get them 
the result. So for example, I used to just offer resume writing, but now I offer more like A to Z career planning and taking them and giving them the frameworks that's a resume review process. So I know with a touch of like from like a woman's perspective and what we go through. So that was my market differentiator. I'm willing to say like, hey, my clients get a 56% in salary increases. But again, it's because I've done the work and I've seen what's missing in the marketplace. And I'm able to focus on the right things that's going to move the needle to kind of to the point, do what others won't to achieve what others can't. Sometimes it is going to be harder, but if you focus on the right things, you'll get disproportionate results. That's awesome. And also that's about blazing your own trail instead of kind of accidentally doing what other people are talking about and selling and, you know, <laughs> their strategies that they're sharing. Um, so if you kind of throw that out the window a little bit, I mean, you don't want to 100% reinvent the wheel just to reinvent the wheel, but you also don't want to be locked into only doing what you see already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, a lot of my program and careers, it's actually underline of mindset, psychology and business. So I don't even really focus too much on like career stuff. Cause I know that if I do what everyone else is doing, they'll get similar results. And I'm not looking for similar results. I'm looking for disproportionate results. So a lot of my strategies have been successful because I use business strategies and therefore my clients can usually outbeat the competition. They get 120 K in salary increases. But again, it's because the framework is different, but yet touches on what the marketplace is asking for. That's great. Well, Anne, and it's aligned with who you are, your expertise, your gifting, which is so important too. Yes, exactly. And I love, I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about the work that you do. I mean, it energizes me just hearing you. And I think that's so important too. Um, if we don't love the, like the key portion of the work we're looking to do, the impact that we're trying to make, it is a lot harder to have the tenacity like to mm-hmm. muscle through the stuff that isn't so fun. Sometimes that happens in business. Exactly. I feel like my favorite when I get these, obviously a lot of my emails that I get are testimonials, but I've, one of them that stands out is, you know, she told me, I think at the time she was making 50 K she wanted to go into a management position, had just divorced. I think she has five kids and she's like, I, I know I'm smart. I just, just need someone to give me a chance. So we worked together and she doubled her salary finally hit six figures, got her first management role. And she told me, you changed my livelihood, not just for me, but for my kids as well. So it's more of like providing these opportunities that are life-changing for you know people out there. And I always feel like I never, I want to give women the power and the control to say like, I, if I want to get an MBA, I can get an MBA. If I want to make six figures, I can do that. If I want to send my kids to do X, Y, and Z, I can do that because I know how to get those research on my own. And I don't have to rely on someone. Amazing. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the important work that you're doing and um, providing women the opportunity and the tools to take advantage of the, the great skills and insights and knowledge that they bring um, and helping them highlight the outcomes they've helped create um, and achieve uh, with their, their past experience. So yes, and thank you for helping them you know, uh, have an easier path to making more money and uh, moving up and along in their careers in a way that uh, works well with uh, their own desires. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Kristen, for having me. And of course, if anyone finds all of this information valuable, to definitely leave a review so that we know in the podcast um, what your audience finds very helpful, um, kind of like in the conversation we've had today. Well, thank you. And if you want to connect with Claudia, uh, all her links will be on today's show notes, but you can find her at Claudia, Claudia T Miller.com. So C L A U D I A T Miller.com and also LinkedIn. 
Claudia T. Miller. But again, those links will be in today's show notes. You can find those by going to defeatthedrama.com. And in general, if you are running up against your own barriers to making your bigger, bolder impact in the world, I encourage you to go to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join, where you can find a wealth of digital resources immediately 24 seven access. And you get to spend some time with me every other week. So you get two weeks for free and then a very nominal monthly fee. So go check it out. Myimpactacademy.com forward slash join and get out there. The world is waiting. You have an important impact to make in this world. So uh, get out there, make it a great day and make your unique impact. Thanks for joining us. 